Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Nico Franks and today's episode comes to you from day two of a very busy Series Mania Forum in Lille. Uh, we're in the Delegate Lounge with meetings around us and I'm joined by three executives uh, from different sides of the TV business and we're going to chat about the shifting sands of the international TV market. So with me now is Larry Bass, CEO of Irish producer Shinawil, Julia Schulte, Senior VP of International Sales at France TV Distribution, which is the sales arm of the French public broadcaster, and Geraldine Gonard, CEO of Inside Content in Madrid, which focuses on financing international co-productions. So hello, bonjour and hola, thanks for joining me. Larry, let's start with you. Um, so your company is known for producing big unscripted shows in Ireland, like The Voice and The Apprentice. Um, but you're here with some scripted shows on your slate for the first time. So tell me a bit about the move, uh, the reasons behind your move into drama. So we're a 20-year-old company. We do, um, as you said, Nico, the, the biggest international formats in Ireland. So we do Dance with the Stars, MasterChef, Dragon's Den, all of those shows, and a bunch of other factual shows. We were looking at how do we grow our business. It's very hard to grow a business in a small country like Ireland with a population of four and a half million people. But there is a very big global market and the one thing we have in Ireland is a very good producer-friendly tax credit. So for us to really move into that world, we had to look at scripted. So we started developing a, a scripted slate four years ago and it's taken us the guts of that four years to get the first shows starting to land and go into production now. Um, so we're here in force at Series Mania with a head of international drama, our head of drama and myself looking to find other partners to grow that slate with. But we're really looking at Ireland as a base for international co-production. Geraldine, so international co-productions, that's your bread and butter. Um, how is that market changing at the moment? Because obviously, so you also run an event that focuses on international yeah, exactly. co-productions. Yeah, about doing consulting and, and distributing uh, cinema, Spanish cinema, we, we mainly organize a quite huge event called Coneta Fiction. It's an international networking and corporate event that takes place in, in Spain. Uh, third edition will take place in June in, in Pamplona, Navarra, in the region of Navarra, north of Spain. And, and yes, the, the co-production market is a, is a for sure, are, are growing things now. We all, all see now that uh, because of globalization, no, because to more and more agreement between producers, the talent, and the station. And from my side, no, from the south of Europe, no, and, and uh, South America, I just uh, really want to say that we have a huge change coming from South America since uh, years, no, because we we used to they used to to be alone and to stay alone. They used to do long series, what we call telenovelas, no? Soap opera of 180 episodes, 120 producing, no? A lot of series and content. And because of the arrival of the platform, no? They have to change their way of producing, going to shorter series, also to adapt, no? To their audience. And, uh, and for them, it's been a, a, a huge change, no? because they suddenly have to, to look uh, around and to see what happens in the other continent. No? They were already close to the North American continent, but many have to have a look also to Europeans. So they are now uh, in a we are at a growing industry in South America looking for doing shorter content in a different narrative way. Uh, and looking for partners. So uh, I think there's a very good moment for uh, South Europe and European in general you know, to be in contact with uh, these new 
partners, no? that are also powerful partners, of course, because there's a strong industry in South America. And a lot of the discussions this week will be about international co-productions, but increasingly you've got companies like Netflix fully financing shows and, and really uh, disrupting the market in that way. Um, so to what extent is that impacting your business? Well, Netflix, uh, Netflix has been uh, an amazing thing because uh, they, they, take, they take Casa de Papel, uh, they have also elite shows that uh, in Spain uh, has been a good result like Casa de Papel, but it wasn't a big success and they changed suddenly this series in a worldwide success, no? So for sure the power of Netflix is, is increasing, is amazing. What I can say about Netflix is that I think they have been very clever because they have been the first one that understood that Spain is a perfect platform to produce content in Spanish in a quite reasonable uh, cost of productions with talented people and using this content to be, to be explored, to be uh, sell uh, in the South American countries. So uh, not only them, of course, they did this, uh, this different step, but they'll be the first one in doing it, no? And, the, and in that way, I think Spain is becoming a very good platform for the things, all the platform that wants to, to be really present in the South American country. So it's helping to raise awareness around Spanish drama and so opening doors in a lot of ways. Exactly, but exactly. But changing the business model at the exactly, same time. Exactly, exactly. The Spanish language is for sure a very important uh, element no, for, for them and for any platform that wants to be uh, very powerful on the worldwide level. No? And Julia, I imagine Series Mania is becoming an increasingly important event in France TV, distri TV distribution's calendar. Um, so what's on your agenda this year? So uh, now we are here at Series Mania. We, we really like this event. It's taking place in France. We are really lucky about that. <laughs> this is one point. We believe that those events can um, amazingly contribute to the, um, to the image of French production. Uh, that means uh, yeah, French original series that are meant to travel um, to other countries abroad. Uh, of course, also um, pushing co-productions and all different sort of opportunities between different partners. We as a distributor, we are here, first of all, in a very classic way. We represent um, today in the, um, in the upcoming event, coming next from France, I will pitch uh, a new series that we love that is called Inside, uh, produced by Elsevier Films, uh, in, uh, yeah, based in Paris. Um, and it's a crime show with a very offbeat uh, sort of uh, narration, a crime show taking place in a psychiatric clinic. It has got a very, for me, a very universal touch. Uh, it's a very a great sense of humor, a very great character. So I'm really happy to pitch this one here. And that's a bit the classic thing that we do and that we did for the, for the past uh, 18 years. Being an expert on how I find an international attraction for French production. French production with French cast, uh, produced in French, <laughs> completely financed by a French um, TV broadcaster that is in this case our group. And how I can make other channels aware of this content in a market that speaks basically English <laughs> and that is basically run by uh, English speaking companies. So that's our classic um, struggle, let's say, and we, we do it quite well. We try to have partners um, and we are very happy about um, new partners um, promoting European fictions and popping up uh, in different countries in the world, either small channels 
that are delivering content to European series lovers or new platforms like, uh, I just uh, name one because we really like it, them as well, Water Presents. And we also therefore cherish quite well the, the, the work that Netflix do on an international level because they are, however, the ones who, for us, internationally, uh, manage to push uh, our local content the farthest and the widest, spread the widest in the world, actually. So that's why we, well, we respect them also a lot as a partner. Um, and then there's a new world coming up where we as a distributor are more and more engaged on an early stage into production as well. Where, we, where producers come to us with great uh, ideas and tell us, hey, you are the expert for international markets. Can you tell us how I can manage it with my idea on finding international uh, broadcasters, finding the first commissioners, finding finance internationally? And that was happened since, I can say, three years now, uh, that we as a distributor come on a very early stage into the production, that we are not only there to sell a finished program, but also to uh, gather um, attention for a, for a pitch, for a script, uh, that we sell the, the, the scripts um, on an early stage, and that we gather financing for a French or a production outside France. So this opens, our world opened a lot up and, uh, and that's where, why uh, Series Mania is also interesting for us to, to meet with uh, co-production partners, with, um, with uh, commissioners and, yeah, and not only with buyers as it was uh, before. And on that language uh, side of things, uh, there was a panel yesterday uh, that Geraldine, you were also in, um, called uh, Lost in Translation, which was all about the conundrum that producers and distributors when they're developing project space about what language to develop the show and whether to go down the local language route or to um, opt for English language. Um, in terms of your takeaways from that session, Geraldine, what, what were some of those? Well, I think that we have a huge change the last years no? uh, uh, from, uh, from my side, no? from the Spanish and uh, speaking countries. Uh, TV channel in general were not uh, in favor of uh, shooting in another language than, than, than Spanish, especially because the Spanish language is, is so strong. But they understood that now you cannot uh, be close to shooting in other languages because stories have come universal, the audience has come universal. Also, the audience, uh, young is young especially, is ready to see something with subtitles. That's something that has been uh, changed mainly because of the arrival of, of the platform, no? And even it makes more and more sense to respect the, char the characteristic of the language of the content. I mean, if, if your content needs to be shot in different language, you have to do it. Huh? For example, in Connecta, we will show a co-production Chile Zealand called Invisible Heroes, that's the first series coming from Connecta, third ed first edition. And it has been shot in, 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 in Spanish and in Finnish because doesn't make sense if you force a Finnish ambassador or Finnish policeman to speak in, in Spanish. No? So I think we, that's really great for us, that's very great for the industry you know, because it gives us a lot of opportunities to co-produce and, and to find partners. But once again, uh, I think the choice of a language has really has to be linked to the content, where you're going to shoot and what about the, uh, the story and the characters. No? It's not say, shoot in English or shoot in German, no. Let's see first what we the have on the table. The international marketplace has matured now because of the platforms like Netflix. 
um, and now an audience nearly expect local flavour on international stories. If a story is crossing borders, they don't expect it to continue in the same language. It doesn't feel real. Um, so I think there's more um, opportunity now for us as producers to really respect an audience, that the audience actually want to have uh, you know, a better experience. I remember watching the Israeli show, um, Fauda. Um, I, I found it first as a dubbed version on Netflix and I just didn't feel it, it worked. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really get into the characters and I you know I'd heard so much about this story. So then I was able to find a, a subtitled version. And it's a completely different show, far superior and uh, you know, better show. But I think now we have an audience who have matured into watching subtitles and wanting to you know, travel with their, with their screens and, and go places with the characters. Julia, how, to what extent can a show not be in French for you to uh, come on board? Ah, not be in French. Ah, we, are, we are quite open and it seems that uh, still the international markets would be much more open to our series if they were all uh, produced in English. But that's, that's how the world um, goes. But this, uh, what you said, that uh, the market opens up to original language productions and subtitling, etc. I mean, this for a distributor like us, it's uh, really terrific news because we spend a lot of money and a lot of efforts in uh, dubbing French shows to make them possible, to make possible that they sail in uh, in Germany, in Spain, in Italy. There's a huge um, financial effort around that. Um, we have the impression that there's a lot in the series world. You're right that there's a lot of going on in respecting the original languages, the original tones of series, and that we are all agree that it uplevels immensely the, um, the, 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 the quality of a series. But then uh, you have also the reality of broadcasters still. Uh, and apart from platforms, um, there are a lot of broadcasters that are quite attached uh, with their very broad audiences, very broad national audiences to have still um, the dubbings. So we are a bit in between actually. We, we feel that there's a whole movement around uh, the new ways of watching shows in a subscription model like the platforms propose it. And then you have still a bit the, the common world of uh, broad uh, channels that need always the dub to, to, to show them to show the productions and uh, yeah, and we look uh, take a look at we are still um, yeah we are trying to figure it out how it will go where it will go this uh, the system and uh, it's a very important question for us as a distributor. Um, last week, uh, for example, we had a whole discussions in in our office between different experts from international markets to create a sort of mapping uh, to understand what are still markets that are considered as dubbing markets and what is now opening up. And it's it's right that it's a real a huge question because it's. Um, the dubbing process, it's still it's such an expensive uh, process. I always use the, <coughs> the example of Narcos in America. Mm. You know, for a US audience to watch a show that's, you know, half Spanish, um, not only was it successful, but the people actually enjoyed it more because it felt it's more authentic. Yeah. Spanish language content is in, enjoying a lot of buzz at the moment. 
partly driven, as you were saying earlier, about the money heist. Exactly, it's a huge opportunity for a Spanish language, but once again, it's not all of things, no? We, 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 once again, we come back to the story and, and, uh, and the content. I just tell you a short and, and, and a short and funny story, you know? I think you remember the Copro uh, the Refugee. It was a Copro bamboo production, which is a very important Spanish piece in Spain, and BBC Worldwide. It was maybe one of the first real copro we had in Spain. I'm talking about maybe five, six years ago. And uh, the show was uh, going on La Sexta, the sixth channel. And they didn't have any, any enough budget, it's a small uh, channel. So they make the co-production with the BBC worldwide. So distribution, no the channel. And, and, and they decided with the producers to shoot in English. But the, the, the shooting was in Spain. They shoot close to Madrid, into the mountains with uh, Spanish cars, with uh, Spanish houses, with uh, Spanish train, everything was Spain, no? And they put two strong English actors, and the main actors, main protagonists, but they shoot in Spanish, or they, they, they were speaking English, but they made a dubbing in Spanish, something strange, okay? And after the dubbing English for the international market. When I saw the show with my uh, boys, my uh, young boys is 11 years old, it was like, but mommy, what is it? Is it is it a UK show? But it, they, they are Spanish, but they, they are dressed like Spanish. It was kind of strange things, no? And he, he didn't understand. So that's really was the example of what we don't have to do. And I remember that the producer, yeah, we made a mistake. We thought it was being better to shoot in English for the international sales. We should have respect, mix of languages, and after doing a good thing. And it was a really an example of what is now co-productions and what the audience is expecting because the audience is not stupid. They know, they, have, they feel when something is, doesn't fit exactly. You cannot yeah, make them believe this is a Spanish actor if they are an English actor. It does seem like authenticity is the key thing. So what's mm -hmm. authentic to the story is what should drive the decision. And it would be remiss not to mention, so Apple TV Plus, uh, after last night's or yesterday's announcement, um, the reaction in general seems to have been quite underwhelming from the TV industry overall about the impact that they think Apple TV Plus might have. Um, in, your, in your conversations today with people, have people been mentioning it? Has it, has it come up on people's radar? Not really. I think people have been busy. The people I've been speaking to here are busy at this event. Um, you know, the fact that Apple, we walk around, most of us walk around with Apple in our pocket all the time, whether we actually will engage with it, whether we're prepared to pay more, um, the output, we still haven't seen a lot of it that is specifically focused on a market other than the US. So I think that will be interesting because for me, the beauty now about the explosion in quality TV drama is that it's, it's, it's an explosion in even more local stories. So a great Finnish story or a great Swedish story um, has more resonance than a Euro pudding or a US show that has no relevance to our world or who we are. Um, so, you know, I think they need to get their, get their you know, market strategy correct if they're going to be successful in individual markets. There will always be a general catch-all audience, but I think discerning viewers are investing in very high-quality HD TVs to watch very high-quality content. 
um, and I think more and more of that is coming from local sources and I think markets like this, markets like your market in in what looks like the fabulous couple of days in Pamplona, um, you know, that's about getting great local stories and how do you make them internationally focused and how do we find a way to pay for them all? That's, that's a conundrum for us all. It was very US centric. I think the only, one of the only projects at least to, to come out of Europe uh, so far is a, a movie they're doing with Cartoon Saloon in Ireland. Um, but in terms of international series, um, there's not much to be seen just yet. And I thought it was interesting that as of today, Apple's stock market price had gone down slightly, whereas Netflix's had gone up following the event. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of whether or not you think it might revolutionize, Apple could revolutionize TV in the same way they've revolutionized other industries. Do you see that, you know, in five years from now, do you think we'll be talking about Apple in the same way we talk about Netflix, potentially? We are in such an, um, how do you say it, multiplication, acceleration of things. Uh, anybody will agree to say that in five years, nothing will be like today and the offers won't be the same. We are still waiting for the big changes that have, that are in about to take place with the new platforms of Disney, etc. that will just arrive in each market. So speaking of Apple, it's still maybe one step beyond. Is there but for us, uh, Is yeah. there more of a consolidation between the French public broadcasters, the German public broadcasters, the Italian public broadcasters, sort of invest in content for your own platforms? Uh, well, for the moment, all this, in, it's in about to, uh, to being designed, let's say. Actually, in France, we, uh, we announced the launch of, um, of our own uh, SVOD platform, uh, a joint venture between different big uh, French networks. At the same time, I guess that the Germans will uh, try to relaunch um, their project at the same time as others did. Brickbox. And in the logically, UK. exactly, Brickbox in Spain, you have, um, how is it called? You have also a common project of different broadcasters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, it is, and it's just logic that everybody would tend to secure their own rights for their own platforms. Otherwise, it doesn't make much sense. So having a player like Apple there who is not uh, who is uh, already a huge distributing partner for content but maybe not in production for me it's not such a, an incredible revolution to have them also taking part in this world because they are all already controlling so much uh, content over the different distribution models they have already like music um, already video uh, even if it's not like uh, SVOD maybe but it's not it's I think it's just a, a quite small step to in, in our world today to have a player to launch like Apple and there will be others and it will be redesigning uh, again I guess so um, yeah Okay, well that's all we have time for today, um, but there'll be more from us tomorrow on the final day of Series Mania Forum. So thank you very much to my guests Larry, Julia and Geraldine, and don't forget you can stay up to date with all of C21's coverage of Series Mania and more online, on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening.